We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. Check out more at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. And if you haven't already, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners and I want to hear what you like about the show. If you've got any guest recommendations, definitely reach out. Just search for Lori J. Hybe. Today's guest is Andy Hillig. Andy was a business executive who learned to adapt and thrive in a rapidly changing, highly uncertain environment. Now he's a leadership coach and career strategist who helps individuals who want to go from just getting by to having insanely awesome careers. Andy is a certified professional coach, has an MBA in management, is certified as an expert in lean management systems, and is a board-certified healthcare administrator. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lori. Happy to be here. I'm excited for you to be here as well. Um, so why, why the career change? Why did you decide to become a leadership coach? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I had a, I guess, not, not to be boastful, but I had a pretty successful career. Um, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, um, my career was in healthcare administration. And so had a, had a really good uh, career, um, had some great mentors, worked for some great organizations. Um, but I got to a point in my career, kind of a crossroads where, you know, kind of really thought, you know, I got the second half of my career to look forward to. And, how do I really want to spend that? And what I really enjoyed most about my career um, up until that point was, was helping develop others and seeing future leaders grow and develop and advance their careers. You know, I was involved in a lot of um, extracurricular, um, you know, professional organizations and such where I, I found myself speaking to large audiences uh, about career advancement um, working with individuals one-on-one, -on -one, mentoring individuals. Um, and so when I got to that crossroads in my career, I, I, I kind of made the decision that what I enjoy most about leadership is, is helping others develop as leaders. And so uh, I found this thing called coaching um, that, quite frankly, I didn't know much about myself. Um, and, and it's just one of those things that just really spoke to me and really hit on a lot of my personal values and, and passions. Um, and so, you know, over the, the last few years kind of really um, took the time to deliberately make that transition and, and become certified and, and, um, and, and enjoying the heck out of working with folks as they want to advance their careers and, and have those insanely awesome careers. Love it. I think that's great. And um, helping others and making that your, your profession. I think that's, it's amazing transition to make, um, yeah. you know, and it sounds like more and more people are finding coaching as a pathway to their career advancement. Why do you think that is? Yeah. You know, I, I again, I think it's, 
especially over the last year, right? Look, I mean, we, we can't ignore what happened over the last year, but up into and, and through and even now to this point, it, you know, the, the corporate environment, the business world itself has just become so competitive and so fast paced and constantly evolving and, you know, new changes are happening every day, you know, especially with innovation and, and the digital era that we're in, um, it, it's hard for a leader to keep up uh, with everything. Uh, and so, um, you know, you have a lot of working professionals, you have dual income families where, you know, the, the husband and the wife, uh, or the spouses are both working um, and raising families. And so there's just a lot on people's plates these days. And, and I think, individuals are looking for ways to continue to have that competitive advantage in the workplace um, and continue to advance their careers. And so I, I think, you know, for so long, coaching has been kind of this, you know, this kind of this wizard behind the curtain kind of thing, if you will, where folks have heard of it, but don't really know much about it and haven't looked into it all that much. And I think, you know, one of the things that's that's really helped coaching kind of launch more into the mainstream and, and be more evident is the digitization of it. Um, you know, so many organizations, um, you know, are are going to online virtual platforms, much like we're doing with here with the podcast, right, where yep. um, you can work with a coach in from your home. Um, the coach can be anywhere in the world. Uh, and so it's a, it's a great opportunity to work with somebody to put together your plan of action. You know, the, the biggest thing about a, a coach is that a coach is not an advisor. They're not a counselor. They're not a mentor. They don't have all the answers for you. A coach really believes that you have all the answers you need. You know your path forward. You have the skills that will make you successful. And so a coach kind of helps draw that out and package that up in such a way that you have the vision and the, and the pathway forward to help with your success. And so individuals are looking for things like, you know, work-life balance or um, career advancement, um, or maybe even thinking about a career change themselves and are curious about the steps to make that career change. You know, that, that the idea of becoming a, a solopreneur these days um, is, is very attractive. And so, you know, folks trying to maybe get out of the corporate grind like me um, and looking for just to put their thoughts to, together into, is that the right move for me? Should I make that move? Mm -hmm. What are the, you know, what are the pros and cons of all of that? A, a coach is really there to help you think through all of those kind of things um, and, and really press you to take some action. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what are some of the myths that you hear around coaching that you'd like to dispel? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think the biggest myth is that, uh, coaching is needed when you have, um, a performance improvement plan or when your organization has decided that they need to see your performance improve. So mm -hmm. it's almost punitive in a sense that um, coaching has traditionally been looked at that way. 
um, and and you know everything that I just described, you know, um, up until this point, um, would really dispel that myth. You know, it, it is a very proactive way to manage yourself, manage your career, um, manage your life, manage your family, your finances. You know, anything you can think of that you want to improve on, a coach can help you with that. And I think, you know, I think a lot of folks. Um, also tend to lump mentors and coaches together. Um, and and it's similar, but there's some differences there. You know, a mentor is somebody you go to when you want to walk in their shoes and you want to learn the way that they got to um, where they are. Uh, and so you're looking to understand exactly what they did and follow in their footsteps. Um, again, as I, as I said a minute ago, coaching is not that. Coaching... Um, believes you already know what you what you want to do, what you need to do, um, and is going to help you um, put those thoughts into action. Um, and then I think, you know, I think the last myth really with coaching um, that I think is important to understand um, is that uh, like mentoring um, folks, especially in leadership, tend to think that, you know, attending um, leadership development programs or signing up for leadership development cohorts is similar. Um, and, and I always like to think that, you know, leadership development is one thing that um, is very helpful. You know, I, I had a lot of opportunities in my past career uh, with leadership development and I, and it was great and it helped me advance my career but there was never this partner that I had through any leadership development program who was going to really help me put a lot of the, what I learned in, in development programs into play. And so um, what I like about coaching is that you have that accountability partner um, who is going to make sure again, that all of the skills and abilities that you've acquired through the years, um, whether it be through experience or whether it be through formal development, um, that you're you're employing those in the workplace and in your in your field of expertise, and really bringing out the best in yourself. Um, and again, holding you accountable to making sure that you are performing at your best. Yeah, accountability is the the critical component, I feel like, of, of any relationship along those lines. And I like how you segmented or differentiated mentorship over coaching. I thought that's a, that's a really important point yeah. to share. Thank you for that. Well, this is a really good time to take a quick um, uh, break and, and hear a message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. Andy, I know that networking is something that is... Um of interest and, and passion for you as well as it is for me. My goal with this show is to really alleviate any fears um, or hesitations or uncertainty that someone may have when they hear that word networking. So can you help me do that by sharing with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, which one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize um, until a short time ago that, that I guess I would, I would label myself as kind of a perpetual networker. Um, you know, um, it, it was something that's always been important to me, especially in my career, to be involved in, in various ways. Um, uh, you know, whether that be through professional organizations. Um, for me, I was a, a member and, and still am a member um, and have been uh, in leadership roles with the American College of Healthcare Executives. So again, that was my, my past uh, career um, as a healthcare executive. Um, and now as a leadership coach, I still work with many healthcare executives as well. So it's still important to me to maintain that, that networking relationship with, with the American College of Healthcare Executives. Um, but even, you know, personally getting involved with, you know, things at, at school with the kids, um, uh, with church, things in the community. Um, you know, I think it's important to, to have a balance so that you, you don't overindulge yourself in networking. But I think, um, you know, my, my favorite networking experiences, though, are those ones where you, you really develop lasting relationships. And, and so one in particular that I'm, I'm thinking of was um, early on in, um, in my career when I was, you know, first getting into leadership and and really looking at uh, how do I formulate that that vision, that plan, if you will, um, that that career goals. Um, I reached out to somebody who was a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives, who um, ended up becoming a really close friend of mine. Uh, we talk regularly. Um, our kids ended up playing on the same little league team together for a while. Um, and, um, you know, and, and we kind of followed each other in terms of our, our career path. Um, you know, obviously I'm on a different path now, but, um, than he is, but, um, but it was something that we always, you know, kind of found each other as, as kind of confidants and friends and, and, you know, helpful advisors, if you will, and mentors to each other. So, you know, I just, I can't say enough about the value of, of networking in terms of developing those, those types of relationships that you can always leverage because we all need that kind of, I always like to call it your personal board of directors um, mm -hmm. for yeah. your career or life, et cetera. And so networking is a great way to build that, that personal board of directors. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. How do you um, stay in front of these relationships that you're creating and, and cultivating this, you know, community that you're building? Yeah, and that that is difficult. Um, has been difficult, although you know, one of the I think one of the silver linings to really come out of this pandemic is um, you know the ability to stay connected virtually. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when when we were all working from home and um, it was difficult to go out to networking events or have a lunch meeting uh, or anything like that, um, or even just, you know, for me, visiting clients um, and such. Um, you found that you can stay in touch with more um, virtually, having, you know, virtual kind of just coffee sessions or even just you know, messaging on LinkedIn just to check in with folks. You know, I always, yep. I always made it a goal throughout the last year to, 
you know, connect in with a certain number of, of folks. I always set it at, at five a week um, um, was, was who I was going to check in with in my, in my LinkedIn, you know, um, connections um, it, just to see how things are going. And, and what was great about that was, you know, I was reaching out to folks that were outside of, you know, my immediate area of, of yep. where I lived. And so, you know, I'm connecting with folks across the country um, who otherwise I would not have been able to connect with and, and probably would have lost touch with. Um, and so, I, you know, I think, I, I, I guess, again, I, I can't say enough about what this last year has done for us as individuals in terms of our ability to network and expand our horizons um, and meet new people and establish new connections and and stay connected with old old connections as well. Yeah, I love it. LinkedIn's been a fantastic tool and really um, I definitely upped my LinkedIn activities over the last uh, year or so here and it, it's been great. It's you know yeah. building those relationships, nurturing them. Um, been a, it's a, been a great resource overall amongst other social channels. Yeah. You know, and it's funny you say that too, because it makes me think, you know, I've, I get so, so many questions so often, uh, especially from those earlier in their career of, you know, should I have a LinkedIn account and is being on LinkedIn really valuable? And, and my, I guess my short curt response always to that is, well, there's 760 million people on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, that's a heck of a lot of people that, you know, are, are potential connections and future um, collaborators or um, foot in the door of, of organizations that you want to work for. So um, if you want to advance your career at all, then yeah, it's almost an absolute that you need a LinkedIn account and oh, need to be yeah. active on it these days. Absolutely. Here's a fun one for you, Andy. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh, boy, the, the 20s. Um, man, that was a <laughs> roaring time. <laughs> um, um, feels so long ago. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I really think what I, what I would have told my younger self was to, you know, pace myself a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I think... I think I became so focused on climbing the quote unquote ladder um, that, you know, I think, um, I, I think I missed some opportunities. I think I missed some experiences. Um, and, and I think if anything, I would go back and tell myself to just, you know, kind of um, pace things out. Um, don't get out over the tips of my skis. Um, um, cause there's a, there's a burnout factor that's real, um, for a lot of us, uh, when, when we're trying to chase something relentlessly, um, and missing opportunities, um, in other ways. And so that I think would be one of the big things, um, because even though I definitely enjoyed my twenties and it was later in my twenties when I first, um, started having a family, um, you know, I think that that um, is important. You know, you're you're only young once, and um, and uh, there's there's a lot uh, to enjoy about life, um, other than focusing too too much on your career. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Slow down. Stop and smell the roses. Right. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Stay a while. Absolutely. Andy, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Oh, geez. That's a, 
that came unexpectedly. <laughs> yeah, the curveball. Um, yeah. Um, you know, uh, well, let's let's stay with the theme. You mentioned that you know you you're really active on LinkedIn and you have this this podcast and and things of that nature. So, you know, what what's something that you found that has been an advantage for you over this this last year? Um, that, you know, without the pandemic, maybe you wouldn't have otherwise um, discovered in, in yeah. either your career or personally? I think that's great. Um, great question. So one of the things that I did initially, and I really maximized this in the pandemic, um, was to connect with people and network with people outside of my local bubble here. You know, I'm part of a number of networking groups locally in Milwaukee, and um, they were all doing online Zoom events. And I realized, you know, I, I already know these people. All these other organizations are opening up the doors and inviting anyone to attend. Um, so I started jumping on the ones that I was not familiar with. And I just significantly expanded my network and, um, you know, generated some great business opportunities. Uh, had a ton of speaking engagements that came from it, you know, that I that probably would have never um, presented themselves if I didn't decide to step outside of my comfort zone and jump on Zoom calls with people I didn't know. Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, so you you mentioned stepping out of your your comfort zone. Um, if it wasn't for those those kind of open door virtual events, you know, how how likely would it have been for you to? attend something different had it not been for the virtual event? That's a great question. I'm normally one who likes to stick to, yeah. I need to know something, you know? So if, if I were to attend a new event, I would, I would want to try to have a buddy with me, <laughs> Just to, <laughs> you know, offload some of the, the way the mystery, um, yeah. working buddy. Um, I mean, I, I would do it um, attend on my own, but I would try to make some connection in advance, you know, reach out to the executive director, or whoever's managing the organization and have a call with them to just kind of have some familiar voice or face before entering that room. But um, yeah. yeah, that that's just one of my, that's my own personal comfort level, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it, you're so right. I mean, it, it, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, uh, you know, I mean, it's especially hard for an introvert, but it's hard for extroverts as well, too, to just mm -hmm. walk into a room uh, and, and just, you know, strike up a conversation, especially when you walk into a room where a lot of people are familiar to each other and you're the new person in the room. Yep, um, yep. So inserting yourself into those, those small groups, if you will, becomes a challenge. And so, yeah, I think it was wonderful what, what so many organizations did um, and networking groups did in terms of opening their doors into these these virtual events. I, I did a lot of the same too, and I'm, and I'm so excited with how many new people I got to meet. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree with that. So uh, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, I think uh, just, you know, get out there and, and connect with folks on LinkedIn. I think, you know, especially um, look for those in companies that you are interested in working for or organizations that you're interested in being a part of. Um, and don't be afraid to just send that connection on LinkedIn. And, and I always like to say, you know, 
attach a note to it as well. You know, LinkedIn gives you that option. Um, mm -hmm. And just send a nice personal note of, you know, hey, I'm interested in your company or I'm interested in learning more about your organization. And, you know, would you mind being my connection? Um, just adds that extra little personal touch that, um, you know, helps to create a stronger connection rather than just adding to your list of, of how many are in your your quote unquote Rolodex. Um, so, you know, I think that's just, just get out there and do it, I guess, is the best advice I can give. Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. It's so important to add the notes on LinkedIn, but yeah, just got to do it. If you got to move forward and um, be proactive and, and know what it is you're trying to achieve and go do it. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, if anyone's interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? Uh, yeah, well, you could, um, there's there's probably two ways that are really good. Um, you can either go to my website, which has all of my contact information. It's um, www.andyhillig.com. Um, or you can email me at uh, andy at andyhillig.com. Um, but then of course, uh, you can always look me up on LinkedIn as well. Um, and I would, certainly welcome the connection. All right. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, Lori, I really appreciate it. And it was great talking with you again and um, really great podcast that you have. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Andy for taking the time to connect with us. And if you haven't reached out and connected on LinkedIn or joined our Facebook group, I definitely recommend you do that. And um, We'll wrap it up and we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next episode.